Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. It's your boy, Roy. It's another episode of Sync Jams. Today, we have Becca Shack. And what an episode. This, this is, I don't know why this is one of my favorites. And maybe I know why. I'll just, I'll, I'll just ramble on it a little bit. I'll just tell you what I think. Um, this was a very spontaneous episode. We got into it. We got so deep and also so tight on, I feel that like there's a balance between the inner learnings and the practical tips. Becca has uh, scored features, a lot of features. She scored a triple A game. She has done a trailer. She's done major ad work. And this episode is just the tip of the iceberg. Like after the, the podcast, we actually talked for another 30 minutes for another podcast worthy of, mater- of material. I'm just going to keep this, this intro flowing because I'm feeling it. We are talking about what she does, how she divides her time. We talk about an amazing concept that I've not thought about, and it is how to know to say yes. Because knowing to say yes and taking opportunities is what has brought Becca to where she is right now, where she is working on so many areas simultaneously and elevating herself to an amazing place being a female in the industry we talk about that as well and how um the industry is balancing and everything is kind of balancing out um and i just love this episode i loved uh, becca's energy and i know you will too if you want to help this podcast out go ahead and rate the podcast on whatever uh, platform you are listening to it on. So you go on your mobile app at Spotify and rate it five stars. You go on Apple Podcasts and give it a uh, uh, five star rating and a review. This really helps. And I look at them, I share them, I shout you out, and I love you for it for leaving all these reviews because they really make a difference for me and make me do what I do uh, better. They make me do what I do better, for sure. So make sure to do that and follow the podcast also on whatever pod, uh, platform you are uh, listening to it on because this gives you the notification and this also gives the app uh, the ability to know about my podcast and to share it uh, far and wide. So I thank you for everything y'all are doing for the podcast. We are still holding masterminds on uh on fridays if you're in europe and and uh thursday evenings if you are in the states so we are doing that hit me up uh, i'll share the discord with you and without further ado becca shack uh i'm i'm so humbled and grateful to have a person um a woman in the industry Woo. 
which is uh, refreshing for the podcast. And and we will also talk about this, uh, which I would love to give more more um, more of a stage to. Um, so I feel like let's just start how we start every podcast. You'll just like tell me all about you. Um, and it's all you. you don't take any punches. Don't tell me short stories. Just tell your story. What brought you to here to be who you are and what you do today in the music industry. And also, I feel like that could be later a um, segue to women in the industry, which we're gonna we're gonna cover as well. Um, but let's start with your story, Becca. Awesome, Roy. Well, thanks for having me on here. It's great to uh, to be chatting with you, and uh, I appreciate you reaching out. So, yeah, um, what can I say? Um, I'm a producer, composer, and songwriter, and vocalist, and um, I grew up in upstate New York, um, kind of studying all different types of music. I would I was like a very romantic kid, and like thought I heard music in the wind and the trees, like growing up in upstate New York and I'd come in and like play stuff on the piano by ear and um, kind of studying um, viola when I was in elementary school and I was in all the choirs and in high school I studied, um, I played bassoon and um, the wind ensemble and um, kind of composed for different ensembles while I was in high school. Um, and I was also really into like the drama, like the uh, theatrical world. I go did it like some community theater and dancing. So it was always very like kind of art centered. Like I just loved all the arts and then slowly music kind of took over everything else. And I ended up studying uh, classical composition at Juilliard uh, during college and um got a really, like my goal being to get the broadest sound palette I could um, by really experimenting with different ensembles and instruments. Um, and then when I graduated, that was like a very, um, very focused kind of major, but I had grown up songwriting too, and, and as well as composing, but I wasn't really performing um, in college, which I really had missed. And so when I graduated, I sort of got kind of disillusioned by the academia of that world. And I went on to um, pursue an artist path. I, I started my own band, my own artist project um, under the moniker Becca and um, started playing lots of shows with indie bands, going on tour and playing festivals and um, eventually having um, getting a record deal with a UK indie label called This Is Music. Um, and did a bunch of EPs with them, and then later independently released my own LP. Um, and I just like learned a lot through my collaborations with various producers, um, really talented producers, and eventually started producing my own music. Um, fast forward to moving to LA in 2014. Um, I was still doing a lot of performance and music videos and records and things like that. And then, kind of got the itch to get back into what I always knew I wanted to get into, which is film scoring and production music. So um, I had dabbled in commercial writing and production music in when I was still in New York. And when I got here, um, it just seemed like the, the right place, the right time. And I was really inspired by the people around me. And um, 
just try to learn as much as possible and meet as many people in the industry as I could. And then from there, just started scoring some projects. I did a short film um, that did well in the the festival circuit and won some awards um, called Smashed through Women in Media. Um, and then I did my first feature, which is a psychological thriller called Dark Obsession. Um, and Mina Suvari is a voice actor in it and producer. And um, it's actually um, is coming out on Amazon and Tubi very soon. And it's, it's already on Sky in the UK and I'll have a soundtrack along with that. So it's my first feature soundtrack. So I'm really excited. Um, yeah. And so, you know, kind of working towards all, all that stuff, doing lots of short films. Um, I just did my first trailer a few months ago. I just this past year, I, I worked on um, two different video games. Um, one indie and one triple a video game company and um yeah that's kind of what i'm up to right now mm. wow so oh, i can't hear um, you anymore i'm <laughs> sorry so yeah I, I i was muted because i was afraid my my puppy would uh start barking oh. but <laughs> um but yeah she's just laying there so so sheila's cool Cute. we're all cool um <laughs> so a few things come up as as you're speaking it sounds like i mean it always sounds like when people tell a story it sounds like it all happened like in one ba-boom you know like ah <laughs> uh, i stopped ah uh, from juilliard i stopped boom festivals feature films trailer a triple uh, a games boom here i am what's up kind of thing um i don't know so I, <laughs> hell no i mean like you've been in la for 10 years right and and these are the things that i kind of love love going into like the um, the real the the real difficult times or the real times where where you were like perhaps maybe this is not my thing were there any times on on the journey that you that you didn't know what were these times of of i feel like uncertainty hmm. for you and how did you face this uncertainty that's a great question um i would say my most recent time feeling uncertain was maybe in 2017 um when i sort of started having this like identity shift from being a performing artist and playing lots of shows and recording records and doing everything under my artist project to shifting into more film scoring and working, collaborating on bigger projects with more people um, who share a vision. And that's always been kind of my ultimate goal. Um, but I, when I kind of took a step back from performing, I kind of had to ask myself, like, who am I now? Because that's always how I identified um, as a person, as a human, as an artist. And um, yeah, it took me like some time to kind of get like into acceptance with that or, or just feel like, okay, I'm on the right path. Like this is what I'm doing now. I'm, and I think I had to like learn a lot and just kind of try new things and, and see what it was like just to kind of find my, my place in the world again. Um, but now the beautiful thing about it is I've sort of bridged the gap where I'm, I'm now doing both. Like I'm scoring, but I'm also songwriting. And like in the feature film I did, I wrote 
a song that was more diegetic, like the characters hear the song on the radio and that song becomes one of the main themes of the film. And so like, so that's like the biggest joy for me is just being able to do everything I love and I'm, you know, my kind of lean on my strengths in that way um, and kind of have that knowing that like I can, I can do both or I, I don't have to choose like scoring or songwriting. I can, you know, it's, it's great to kind of just use all the tools that you have available. Yeah. I mean, so, okay. So 2017 and then <laughs> like, where, where do you feel like things started to, to connect? Like, I mean, because between artistry and uh, and film scoring, there's I feel like there's a certain paradigm that needs to be shifted within your identity, right? Like your identity needs to change. You, something in you needs to make a shift from the mind of I am everything. I am the center of the stage. I am the whole show mm -hmm. to I am writing for this show. I am doing like how... Um, do you, how did it happen for you where you kind of stepped off of that, of that main stage and, and what, what do you think went through your mind as you were doing it? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've thought about that a lot, um, over the past few years. And I think like, you know, being an artist as much as you're also like giving yourself to your audience and it's a big energetic exchange between the audience and yourself, especially when you're playing live. And that's such a beautiful energy to be part of. Um, it is kind of a little bit more ego driven in a way because it is more about you and you're like the front, you know, you're the front person of whatever act you're doing. Um, but as a, um, a scoring composer, a collaborator, you're really serving um, the story and like your collaborators and people that you need to you're working for aside like rather than your own artist artist self so um so yeah kind of like that part has to fall away in order to really serve the characters in the story in an authentic and honest way mm. so how yeah that's that's <laughs> super cool like so as opposed to yeah as opposed to you being the main character of everything which is the, yeah. the artist deal a lot of the times instead of you being the main character of everything you have to suddenly cater to a, a main character which is completely outside of the project which is mm -hmm. uh, um it's such a mind fuck you yeah. know like it's it, and it's it's uh it's just super fascinating to me um because I, uh, also like I come from from stage and from performing on stage and I, I know that adrenaline of like people singing your lyrics or people clapping to your track because you told them to clap and all these little things that kind of make an uh, uh, an artist like make the this sensation so addictive <laughs> to people like the stage, the little stage fright that happens every time. And all these, uh, um, uh, unless you're a psychopath, I think that every, like, I, I really think that every artist uh, has a little bit of it unless they are completely disconnected from reality or or s drunk to death. Um, and uh, and I, I feel like it's just such a um, an interesting dissonance between the two worlds. It's two worlds, mm -hmm. right? So Completely. Um, so you start doing um, 
for music. I mean, what drove you to to start? It sounds like you grew up kind of in that uh, a dreamy, just like your your handle on Instagram. That, that, that her handle, by the way, is Becca Dreams. Um, so, uh, um, in that dreamy state. Um, to the artistry, back to the dreamy state, to the kind of uh, um, doing it for others. Um, was that was that a conscious process? Did you have to really let go of something? Hmm. I don't know if I. It was a conscious decision as much as like something that just happened, like my natural evolution as. A person, I guess, like, you know, some people need that their driving force is to be an artist the whole their whole lives. And that's such a beautiful thing. And I still feel connected to that. Um, but there's another part of me that's like, no, there's like a whole world beyond just like, you know, Becca dreams as an artist. And there's like, you know, I think some like, I don't know, I guess it's like, allowing me to kind of express the full spectrum of um of me like and and what I want to express in the world and like the depth the emotional depth I want to uh, reach by these types of collaborations where I think when you're collaborating on something bigger like a film or a video game it's like that's the most beautiful like thing that's my happy place now because it feels mm. like so much bigger than myself um and as it feels very like transformative and like I guess uh, like I've always wanted to like with my my solo project and my music, I always wanted to help people, you know, reach their fullest potential or inspire people to do that or, you know, be lost in the moment. Like while you're like in that moment with music and like or on the dance floor or whatever you might be. Um, but when you're watching a film like you, you completely go somewhere else, you know, and so I want to be part of that. Like I I just love mm. that experience and I want to create that for others. Yeah, there's it's it's so interesting how um, there are different ways to completely throw somebody off to a new um, to a new landscape, right? Like a movie does it visually, um, predominantly visually. Music does it audibly, mm -hmm. um, and and yeah, connecting the two is kind of a a, a, um, a one two punch, I guess. It's a it's more of a it's a very powerful combination anyway anyhow that this is why beautiful uh beautiful music videos still have the impact absolutely uh, they do yeah because mm -hmm. because there's it's become an artistry of connecting of connecting uh um image to 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 music and doing it in a way that tells a story like movies have been doing it for ages but now uh, um I feel like uh, uh, music videos have have kind of uh, have kind of understood that like people who create music videos have understood has have understood it since the 90s um, but yeah movies have have been doing it for so long right like for way longer yeah I mean uh, arguably from the early 1900s uh, 19 uh, yeah, yeah like uh, yeah Nineteen nineteen twenty, like I don't know when the first uh, uh, um, black and white uh, movie came, but <clears throat> yeah, uh, uh, um, yeah, that's actually funny so, that you you bring up music yeah. videos because I I've made a bunch of music videos and um, for my project and it always like was the best 
time for me. Like I always love the process of working with a filmmaker, producer. I'd often be part of like the storyboarding or or the like the creative process on it. And um, funny enough, um, uh, in early fall, I got approached to do a music video again. Like it's been a while. It's been a few years since I've made a music video. And it wasn't even on my radar. And um, for like, yourself, yeah, for myself with a, a song mm. that I I wrote. Um, so um, it turns out that Women in Media, which is a, a female-led and non um, non-gender conforming uh, community that I I've worked with and I'm part of um, that I love, um, they approached me because they needed some music for an educational project they were doing with a lighting company called Quasar Science and. Um, basically using a virtual production set. They wanted their mem- their crew members um, to be able to learn how to use a virtual production set and work in that space so they can get jobs. So um, I provided the song um, and we shot a music video and it's almost done. And it's like, it was so amazing to get back into that space and play in that space again and, and also do it in a whole new way that I've never done before because mm-hmm. it was done using... Unreal Engine backgrounds, which are used for um, video game environments, like it's like a full map, and like you can kind of pre pre plan like how you want the background to move and like be shot and be lit within. Like it's it's totally different than green screen because you have to really like pre plan every shot because it's on like a moving um, visual visual like with lighting and everything. So um, it was just the coolest experience, and I feel like through that whole thing I learned so much more about the filmmaking process so it was like you know on many levels like such a really cool and learning experience for me um and the song never too late was actually written for a movie that came out last year so it it was kind of Mm. everything sort of come full circle with that (laughs) wow yeah how how, oh I got a question so what do you say what do you say yes to? How do you feel? Uh, because it feels like all your all your experiences, all the things that you've um, accomplished to to this day, I can say the one common denominator is you saying yes. Like I I have no doubt about it, zero doubt. I'm 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 good like that with with analyzing these kinds of things. Yeah. Um. And and I have a question. What do you say yes to? Because, you know, like you can only stretch yourself uh, um, uh, to a certain extent, right? Um, and I'm sure you have to say no to some things. What do you say yes to? I mean, what would be your advice in, in, uh, in decision making in order to, to, for somebody to create that full circle for themselves? It's hmm. a great question. Um... I always lead with my heart. So if something feels right in my, in my body, um, like if usually it's, um, the aesthetic, the creative vision of the project, um, then of course the budget has to be, um, kind of considered whether it's, you know, how much time is it going to take? Do I have the time and ability to, to work on this? And is the budget going to make sense for me? Um, and then, do I like the people I'm, I'm going to be working with? Because, you know, depending on the scope of the project, I could be working with them for a while. Um, so I try to like get all three at the same time. If I possibly can, sometimes that's not possible. Sometimes. So what are the three? Can you re- repeat them? Um, 
just kind of my intuitive kind of heart centered self, like feel, yeah. feels good. It feels like, yes, I want to do this. Um, um, the creative vision is aligned and, um, and then the budget, um, whether there's a big budget or no budget, um, I've done both. I've done everything in between and, um, you know, still of course working for, towards the, the bigger budget projects. Um, but you know, those are all things to consider. And also finally the time it's going to take to, to actually see the project through from start to finish. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. Like the, the, this is something again that I, I stressed again because I want people to go back and listen to, and I'll probably listen to it like three times because the, the body feeling can sometimes be completely in, uh, not in concert with the other two. Absolutely. And I feel like it, there has to be, there has to be a, a balance mm -hmm. because Uh, I'll tell you, like, just from a, a personal standpoint, my listeners know I, I I love like drawing out my 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 skeletons. It's therapeutic for me, but it's also it's just what it is. And I feel like sometimes um, I say yes to what my uh, body says yes to, or to what the budget says yes to, or to what the creative process says yes to, without considering the other two. Mm -hmm. So I think like. I, and then the, the 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 process ends up being miserable, miserable, yeah. um, because because you you're either working for peanuts and you're living for you you're living in LA I'm living in Bali don't worry about me kind of thing but also 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 living in Bali and having uh, uh, income that that comes and provides for me um, sometimes I I feel like I'm stress like I'm 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 giving too much of myself mm -hmm. and that's not a good feeling. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like the, the problem that a lot of people have, uh, including myself is that some people let themselves be stepped on and then, uh, wonder why they're being stepped on. So it, the, the other, the person on the other side usually doesn't want to step on you. Right. But you're letting them step on you. So you're kind of, you're, you're kind of, dictating to yourself and to the other person this is how you work with me mm -hmm. um and then you feel bad about yourself so i i feel like to be honest the the reason i'm asking you all these deeper questions is because it seems like you have been through the ringer on these things and you've you've navigated through them so beautifully i can just see how like how you compose yourself uh, mm -hmm. no pun intended and uh, uh, uh and how you show up to the world and i'm sure you have some tantrums and some and some downfalls and some some of these uh lower places where you're kind of you're you're indecisive with yourself yourself because you're still on the come up and you're still taking these decisions so i'd love to know how it looks like for you and if if you've you've done any significant mistakes that you'd like to share mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, yeah, first of all, you're right. I have been through the ringer. Like, you know, part of me coming to LA um, was wanting to get a fresh start. And, you know, I had been through all sorts of different crazy experiences being a female artist in the industry, as everyone I'm sure has experienced. Um, 
And so I sort of made a conscious decision like, hey, I'm only going to surround myself with good people, you know, um, when I moved to L.A. and just making kind of setting that intention and having better boundaries because I um, knew through experience how to conduct myself um, uh, has really led to some beautiful collaborations and like having a much better, healthier experience. Um, um, I would say, I don't know if I've made, I guess all my like so, so-called mistakes have been great learning experiences. So I try to look back on them as like, as gifts and reminders of like what not to do again. Like I've done plenty of free projects for the experience. I guess one, one of the biggest mistakes I ever made was signing a contract with a producer without getting a lawyer. And it turned out like I had to spend like $4,000 later and hire a really expensive lawyer to get myself out of that deal. And then at the end of the day, the, the whole thing just like left such a bad taste in my mouth. I ended up leaving the project and being like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> like, I don't need to be, I don't need to pursue this any, any further. Cause I realized like I wasn't on the same page as my collaborator at the time. And that was the best decision I've, I've made, you know, one of the best decisions I made, um, but it was a very expensive mistake. So, you know, things like that, I, I know better now to always hire a lawyer or to like, how you know really go through every contract with a fine tooth comb and also draft my own contracts because i know a lot of filmmakers don't really understand how the com- composition works especially with indies um so it's always better if you can kind of lay the ground ro- rules and sort of set the tone of how things are going to go um in a way that's completely fair to everyone involved of course so yeah that would be my advice yeah. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. I mean, I feel like for spe- uh, specifically for production music, it's more straightforward. The contracts are more, way more straightforward. They're way more industry um, um, standard kind of thing. So it's way easier to do it even without a lawyer. Yeah. Um, that being said, if you got a, if you got somebody who's really good with words and who is really um, who is uh, kind of on on your corner? I think that is a huge thing to just because every single one of us, every single one of us is on is going somewhere, and I feel like just like you were speaking to, the more people you have on your side which want the best for you, is going to just create more good for you. So I mean, like, so so stop like. For me, it it comes down to stop stop shutting yourself in a room and and expect for all the the good people to come. Like you have to sometimes put yourself out there um, in order to meet these people and feel their energy, uh, because emails don't always convey the, the 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 information. And what you're speaking to, wow, I'm I'm looking at the wavelength and I'm speaking a lot this podcast, so I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> but I feel like I feel like your example. Um, is truly, uh, it, it goes back to what the the big three that you were speaking to the 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 three um, uh, um, the three uh, um, the three things that you use for your process, which is um, full body creativity and uh, uh, and is it worth it kind of thing, um, and and that that is just you. That's a lesson where you learned that 
it doesn't work with one sometimes where one is really lacking. And yeah, and sometimes it costs you $4,000. I want I I'll add a little story because everything you're saying is just wow. It's it's I want to be a friend. And uh <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, you're such a such a great person. Um so um but um Wow, where where was I going? I forgot where I was going for this. There was a story that I wanted to... Oh, so uh, uh, um, uh, one guest that uh, has been on the pod... Uh, has, uh, ha we were planning for him to be on the podcast. I forgot to show up for the interview. And now this has happened to me in the past where people, where I'm, I'm going, uh, I'm scheduling a meeting and not getting to the meeting. And I decided... Fuck it. Like I have to do something about it because this is not this is not honoring me. This is not honoring the person who I'm meeting. Um, I have to do something about it uh, so I don't come across as a shady person or, or, or so I don't come across as somebody who I don't want to become. So what I did was and, and everybody's uh, a witness to it right now. And you, too, um, is what I did was with that person. I told him, listen, if this ha let's schedule another one. If this ever happens to me again, I am donating $200 uh, to a cause of the guest's choice or to, uh, uh, to uh, giving it straight up to the, to the person who I've just wasted their time. Like they have the, the decision. And I feel like with everything that um, I do, a big, big, big thing with it is accountability. And artists don't tend to have enough accountability in their lives. Therefore, they are prone to, to, to make many mistakes uh, on their skin, like to have many mistakes being made on their skin. And I've, I've experienced it first, uh, like just from, from uh, uh, on my skin a lot, a lot in these 10 years uh, trying to make it as a musician. Um, and just asking the questions to, the, the, to amazing people who want good for me but who are also not afraid to hold back when when information is is dry information is needed um, was huge, huge for me. So I, I appreciate you for for sharing that story and for also uh, saying, yeah, just speaking what you're speaking. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like it's important to kind of share our personal experiences, then help others like through those experiences, because, you know, maybe it could help someone who, you know, might otherwise like make that mistake. Um, so I'm glad to, you know, be of service however I can. Um, you know, I'm kind of in a, in a space of like wanting to help others around me in however ways I can, even though I'm still learning myself. So um, it's always, you know, life is like an ongoing learning process for me. So as long as I'm constantly mm. learning and um, sharing new ideas with others. It's, you know, it's, it's very fulfilling. So I appreciate that. How do you feel like your, your time is divided nowadays that you do so many different things? Yeah. Well, usually I'll kind of like organize my time in blocks. Like, for example, um, the past three months I worked on like three different big projects, the music video, the music production, the music production library for a studio, and um, a video game company. And I had to kind of prioritize which was the most like time sensitive, at, you know, any given day or week, and then sort of 
manage my time that around that project. So, um, for example, like I had two weeks where I had to really just put on like Zoom calls with a music video production team and be focusing on that. But then in between, I had to be working composing. So I just had to kind of communicate my boundaries with other people, whoever I was meeting with, and then kind of create these time blocks for myself where I was able to get like a chunk of creative time done, you know, scoring or writing cues and then taking meetings or, or doing, you know, doing work on the other projects. So that's kind of how it works for me. I prefer, cause I don't love multitasking and I'm not very good at it, <laughs> to be honest. I really prefer just diving deep into one project at the time. Of course, that's not always possible. So I, I try, I'm, I'm trying to get better at, at a uh, time management when I am juggling a few different projects. Yeah. Same here. Same here. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and I want to, I want to give this last kind of part of the interview to, to, to being a female in the industry and, and in this, in the, in the space of scoring, in the space of production music, what it means to you and just how you see it in general. Yeah. Well, I think it's a great time to um, be a woman in the industry or any, any gender really, um, because I think we're breaking down a lot of barriers and I, I find myself aligning with a lot of, um, like female driven, uh, communities like the Alliance of Women Film Composers and Women in Media, Women in Film, which I just joined recently. Um, and I've always like felt really strongly about equality, like across the board, whether it's like gender, race, religion, like anything like like we were talking about earlier with like the othering. Like I, I think like everyone should be valued for their their talent and skills. And, you know, um, and if if, you know, one person's as good as the other, like, why not hire them? So um, so I think re reaching gender parity in the entertainment industries is deeply important and um and it's an exciting time because we're starting to really shift things and and you could see that in the numbers of like how many female composers are composing for tv shows or films and it's really so inspiring so i i aspire to to be out there with with all of my colleagues and and be doing that as well mm. i'm i'm actually looking right now for the meaning of othering <laughs> And there, I don't see, I don't see anything othering. Yeah, uh, could have made that other, up. So. <laughs> the act of treating someone as though they are not part of a group and they are different in some way. And there, it looks like there is a meaning in the Cambridge Dictionary. So cool. I'm sorry, Becca, you did not coin this term Aww. today. <laughs> um, yeah, that's sad. That's sad. Okay. And uh, good. I knew it. Yeah, the, it the, the best artists steal, though. The best artists steal. That's so right. don't worry about it. <laughs> We're not going to, nobody's going to tell on you. There's just a few hundred people who are listening to this. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so Becca was saying othering before we, we went on, on the podcast. And I was like, wow, othering is a great, great term. And, Othering has been happening a lot in the world uh, of as of late, and in this in this last month and a half, two months, in in the last few years, I feel like people are looking to be uh, to be unique, to be different, to be someone, and 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 it cr also creates a huge division within societies, within groups, within. Uh, um, 
within industries. And that's why I feel like it's so important to kind of stress this term and to, 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 it's an important time to come together more than ever. So I'm, I'm super happy that you are, you are kind of speaking to it because I feel like the more, the more uh, bullshit we cut through, the better we come as humans. And, and this whole business is, it ain't worth, worth shit if we're not happy doing what we're doing. And if we're not, we're not doing what we're doing um, from a, a sense of purpose. And this is, this is the, whole, the whole thing with the podcast. It was just me asking myself, do I want to do it? Like, do I want to do this full time? You know, like, do I want to do it with these people um, who I'm, I'm working with, but I don't really know. And, you know, like, as this is, as this podcast is, it's episode 54, four, yeah, you're episode 54. And, and, and as this is uh, um, progressing, I feel like, this is there's more and more of this feeling of having to get together like community building community what does so you've added your you've you've connected with a few communities what do you actively do to create yourself uh uh to 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 create that that community for yourself what do you what what active steps do you take for that mm, um well, I try to go to as many events like as these communities hold and try to like meet people and make genuine friends, you know, with the people because there's some great people out there. And it's actually, you know, um, I could be very introverted and what we do professionally is very uh, solitary a lot of the time. So sometimes it's really nice. To- very othering. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to use it. I'm trying to use this word desperately. Let's <laughs> say it as much as possible. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's nice to kind of get outside of my my own space and and meet and like hang out with people that are trying to, you know, doing the same thing I'm doing, and like we can kind of nerd out over gear or like our experiences and like just create a process, and it's just like it's so fun, and I feel like I'm it's a really special place to be LA because in New York and anywhere else, I've never felt the sense of community. Um, and, um, I mean, the internet really brings new friends too, like, like you and, and Greg Tan and other people I've met through Instagram, which is, is so cool. Um, but yeah, I think it is really important to, to meet people and figure out like, you know, how can we either just like be there for each other or help each other in some way? Like, progress as humans or um, in the creative space. I'm really grateful um, to just be surrounded by so many like beautiful and talented people. It's just such mm-hmm. a gift. Are there any um, guiding principles like hell yes, hell no's that you, that you, um, that you let guide you in the industry, like some red flags, um, some things that are non-negotiables, some boundaries that you set for yourself because you were talking about boundaries. Hmm. Let me think. Um, I'm not sure. I'll have to think on that one. I, I guess like one of it is like if if there's no if there's no budget or like something seems shady, it probably is. Like I, I try to kind of follow my gut on things. Like I I want to work with people who are who are good people and have like good intentions and are smart about how they do business and 
um, like knowledgeable. I always try to surround myself with people who are smarter than me so I can, I can learn and, and be better. Um, so if, if it feels like it's not, I'm either not going to learn or grow creatively from the project or, or be able to serve the project to my best ability, then I will, that's a big no for me. Yeah. A good friend of mine once told me if there's doubt, there's no doubt. I, I just love this yes. sentence so much. Um, so yeah, special. Uh, it's it's a hundred percent. And I wanted to uh, I wanted to touch another thing, like scoring a film, scoring a uh, uh, a series. What does the process look like for you? Um, and and what does it look like? This like decision making wise. If uh, um, if you're able to to take it or like, what does all of that look before and within the doing of a feature film or a a um, an AA ad, a triple A game or what do these things look for you uh, look like for you because they pay very differently, right? Um, how do they look for you? Like, what does it look like? Let's say. Uh, uh, for a beginner uh, composer who wants to know what what is scoring a feature film or a show, uh, what does it look like for you? Well, um, I could only speak on scoring a film because I haven't done episodic yet, but I, I hope to soon. Um, but for film, um, my experience is usually having a conversation with the filmmaker, ask or the producer or both, um, seeing what... Um, First of all, like the, what what the story concept is, what kind of musical references they have, like what they want it to sound like, even if they describe it in like emotional terms or like any musical references they may have or another film reference that they like the music for, things like that. Um, like the more information that I can get from them, the better, because I, then I kind of kind of know what their tastes are like. Um, and um, and then. I guess budget wise, like if they want it to be like electronic or have live instruments or, you know, a bigger kind of ensemble, then obviously like the budget would have to cover that. Um, and uh, obviously like the more music, live musicians you have, like the bigger the budget should be. Um, and it's always like makes such a big difference when you can afford live musicians because it just elevates it so much. Um, so... Um, and then I usually, if there's a rough cut, sometimes if I'm brought in in pre-production, there's not a rough cut yet, but if it's already shot, then I try to get a rough cut so I can kind of get my eyes on it. Um, and then from there, I'll do a spotting session with the filmmaker, which is, um, I'll get together with them either in person over zoom and we'll watch down the film together. And then they'll tell me where all the musical cues go and I'll put together a cue sheet, which I, I take notes and write down each um, kind of timestamp where the music goes and kind of what and what type of music should be there, like whether it's diegetic or, you know, or a different like emotion or um, whatever's happening in the scene. Um, like, does it need to be underscore um, because there's dialogue or does it need to be a big musical moment where there's not no dialogue, that kind of thing. Um, and then I will go on my way and start and put together a schedule Usually I'll like, I'll look at my calendar, I'll see when the deadline is and I'll, I'll work backwards. Like, okay, like I have, I have to 
do this many cues in this many days and what, whatnot. And then I'll deliver um, a certain amount of cues in, you know, a certain time frame, like which I'll, I'll kind of decide on with the filmmaker. Um, and then then will like be the kind of the reviewing process where like I'm, I'm composing, setting a bunch of cues. They'll, they'll give me feedback. I usually ask them to like sit with it for a day so they can kind of take it in and kind of like see how they feel. Cause sometimes a filmmaker will be used to a temp score or like something else that they had in their mind. And sometimes it just like takes a minute for them to kind of, kind of feel into what it's sounding like. And then they'll send me, um, revision notes, and then I'll, I'll revise those notes and send them back until it's done. Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, but you, I forgot to mention before all that, um, once, you know, we agree on kind of the basics of the project, um, I'll send them a contract or an agreement. Um, I guess if they have a bigger studio attached to them, which I haven't experienced yet, yet then they would send the composer a contract. So mm. Yeah. Yeah. So like with with things like Amazon, with a, like a, a smashed, I guess things like uh, I'm getting more specific, I guess, is uh, are you looking at it more as a wow, this will be a great back end. Like I can I can kind of uh, uh, I can. Does your mind, does it happen? Does it occur to you that you'll get a lot of back end from it? So you kind of you're willing to work for less upfront or when you're scoring a feature film, are you thinking, nah, this, this, I have to get X upfront and back, back end royalties are kind of a bonus or whatnot. What is it? What is it? Uh, how do you think about it? Yeah, it's, it's really hard to know when they'll be back end or not for film. I would say like, I've had really good luck with backend happening for like sync um, needle drops in TV shows and things like of that nature. Um, but for a film, so more like production Amazon, music, more, more yeah, more, doing more yeah. production music or yeah. sync music. That's yeah. the whole, I feel like I can expect a lot more backend there. Um, but for film, I don't really expect it. I mean, it, sometimes if, if you can negotiate some sort of like um, percentage of the film, like, Hey, if the film is a hit, like, you know, the, the composer will get X amount, you know, percent of, of the earnings, you know, from streaming or whatever, or from, um, box office, you know, um, but. Because in uh, games, it's huge. Uh, like in games, if, if you can negotiate, uh, like a 50, 50 or whatever on a track that you've made that the game comes, the triple a game comes, the soundtrack comes out, it's millions of plays at times. Like I, I know, I know for fact, like I have friends who wrote for League of Legends and things like that, and they are they are also getting really great backend through Spotify. So these are things not to underestimate for sure. Absolutely, yeah. I think if you can keep the masters and or you can like collect on the mechanical royalties, like that's a huge plus. It's not always possible depending on who you're working with, mm-hmm. um, but always trying to negotiate that way for sure. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, okay, so I feel like we, we've covered a lot for this time. I, I will next time I'm in LA, we are linking for sure. Um, yes, but it, this is this is our, our round one. Is there is there anything you'd uh, you'd like to leave composers with people who are trying to, I guess, uh, um, walk in your step? Is there a walk in your in your kind of 
steps uh, who are inspired by this. Is there any last piece of advice you'd like to leave people with? Sure. I would say try to learn as much as possible. I mean, the more you know about your craft, um, learn, you know, music theory and like orchestration as much as deeply as you can. Listen to a lot of music. Um, just like do a deep dive on all the greats because um, that'll just further expand your palate and under understanding. And then like learn your your DAW inside and out, like just the faster you can be and the, the better of a producer you can be, I think like the, the more you'll be able to get your ideas out. Um, so I would just say like the key for me is like just to learn as much as possible and also connect with your community, um, make friends um, and like just go for things like, you know, go for jobs, go for things that even you don't feel ready for because like you'll never feel ready for them. In my opinion, I think it's just good to kind of put yourself out there. Um, once you feel like you're at a certain level and you're ready to start, um, kind of sharing, sharing your, your gifts with people, um, just put yourself out there and, and, and just go for it. Amazing. Um, Becca, where can people find you? Uh, you could find me um, at my website, BeccaShack.com. Uh, that's B-E-C-C-A-S-C-H-A-C-K.com and on the socials. Yes. Um, man. Man. Woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm so happy I've had you on. Uh, you yeah. will definitely be back. And, uh, and I'm grateful that you came on. So thank you so much, Becca. Thank you, Roy. It's been a pleasure. Have a great one. Yo, how amazing is Becca? I'm so grateful for her coming through. We'll definitely meet in real life and we will definitely have a round two. Just mark my words. And I'm so grateful for y'all listening all the way through. Uh, make sure to, to uh, follow the podcast on whatever uh, medium platform you're listening to it on. Make sure you rate the podcast. This really, really helps. All of that, these little things, these few clicks really help the podcast gain more ears, more tractions, and more options for me to take this podcast forward and, and have many more amazing guests like Becca. Thank y'all for listening. Again, I love y'all. And see you at the next one. Peace! Peace!